0: Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast in the known universe, Talcast. Um, Today's guest is one of my longtime amazing, awesome, cool, super great, uh, amazing, awesome, wonderful, um, magnanimous friends. His name is David Budge, and him and I go way back because he was one of the founding members of my first ever rock band ever called Gray Glass, Um, 2014 to 2018, Rip in Peace, Gray Glass. We are dead. We are done. However, we're still friends somehow. And... um, in this episode we kind of dive into the different eccentricities of that band, the different we share some stories about uh drama and times that we almost got in fights with other Provo bands. Um we talk about uh you know the music making process, we talk about uh what uh what we like about songwriting and it's just really fun and David's the man and um he uh he is he's he's an anesthesiologist, he's a dental anesthesiologist. Did I get that right Dave? I can't remember, Um, but he does plug that at the end, so that's pretty cool, and um, him and his wife Carly are probably one of the only reasons why I actually got a start in in music and in songwriting and uh, record making, so I love them and appreciate them, and uh, just a reminder that I am on Patreon, that you can uh, subscribe to my Patreon, you can give me your money, you can give me your money, okay, which is pretty cool for me. I don't know if it's cool for you, but it's cool for me. Um, I love that you do that, and I love our current patrons, and uh, you keep the show alive. You keep, um, you keep, uh, stimulating the, uh, the local economy here in New York City, and uh, you are, you, I love you. Um, and uh, if you wanna, you wanna become a, if you wanna become a supporter so that I do more episodes of this show, you can hit that link. You hit the link in the show notes. Um, and, uh, anyway, let's, let's, let's hear from David, David Budge, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the Renaissance magnanimous, all right, man. amazing person, David, here we go. Okay.
1: Got it. Okay, dude. Uh,
0: David Budge. Well, Hello, me. sir. What, what a freaking honor this is. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I gotta be honest.
1: <laughs> I I just look forward to, to, uh, listening to all these when they come out. So, uh you know i i guess this one's kind of spoiled for me but uh but an, an honor and a joy uh, nonetheless
0: okay so i want to ask you this dave on on cuz i'm going to give you an intro like i do to everyone but like who are who are you to me who am i to you you want to explain to the listeners uh yeah sure so um i met you that's
1: probably would have been like 2014 you think that's right mhm um in uh, P-Town in Provo. And we got introduced to each other through a mutual friend, Nephi Henry. Um, I was kind of uh, looking for maybe some guys to jam with, and uh, and he had met you, I believe, I believe you guys, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you guys met each other in line at a Valor show or something. Is that true? And then one of the first things that... Uh, Nephi said to you is that guitars are dead. Is that true?
0: That is super true, actually. Like, <laughs> I think it was like, uh, so shout out to Nephi, to our good friend Nephi. Oh, I
1: love
2: Nephi.
0: He, because uh, we, yeah, we met like, I can't remember what it was, but it was just really funny because it was like we, I think he saw me playing or like jamming with someone. And then he told me he was a singer songwriter. And then like we mm-hmm. went to Velour to play an open mic. And like in the line, to play open mic, like we both just said, like the wrong things to each other. Like, yeah. I was like, because my favorite band is Kings of Leon. And I remember yeah. saying, like, yeah, like I love King Erno. I was like, what do you think of Kings of Leon? And he was like, oh, I went and saw them when they opened for you too. And like, I hated it. It sucked. And like,
1: yeah. Of course, you're like guitar, guitar, guitar guy. So, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure the guitars. His dead comment was a little, I don't know, I don't know what the context was. But I mean, he obviously plays guitar a lot, too. And so um. well,
0: it's funny, though, because like before I moved out to, to Utah and like I wanted to start making music, like mm-hmm. I've been playing guitar my whole life. and Like I love rock and roll music for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I was as like entrenched in like the guitar world until mm-hmm. people like started just giving me like so much grief about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then like me being the stubborn person that i am i was like all right like you're gonna make fun of me for playing the guitar like i'm gonna be the guitar guy now and i'm gonna make rock and roll music whether you like it or not you know
2: <laughs>
1: well that, that worked out well i think so uh, whatever got you to that point i'm happy um yeah so i mean anyways you and if i had become friends and um yeah i think at the time i had i had already kind of uh Quit a band. I don't know how we ended. Where we end? oh, yeah, my, my previous band had ended at that point, and so I was kind of uh, um, idling uh, musically, and uh, and I had known Nephi from you know uh, previous apartment complex that I lived in. So, anyways, uh, he introduced us. You came over to my place. I was already married that time to Carly, and uh, you know she plays music as well. She plays the cello, and so we. Um you I think you played Mark Twain was the first song you played um for us and we started kind of adding some pieces and parts to it and and uh that was the very beginnings of of Grey Glass. Um so yeah, Nephi was there in Grey Glass, um me, you, when we started looking for a drummer. Um and I think the first how, how did uh, how did we get introduced to Scotty? Is that through you?
0: Um, first of all, I just put headphones in. Can you still hear me?
1: Yeah, it's good. It sounds good.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so I feel like we, so that was a, first of all, that was a great introduction, David. Wow. Amazing. And I feel like, so <laughs> I legit feel so blessed to have met you and Carly because like I had no resources and no idea what I was doing. And I feel mm-hmm. like you guys, like you had already had that experience of like, you'd been in a band, like you kind of knew the scene. And it was just awesome. Super humble. It was, I mean,
1: it was a great way for, I mean, cause I was kind of craving, you know, band music, uh, you know, playing with the group um, at that point, I was kind of missing it. Um, and, and so that was a, that was a great uh, last I don't know, year and a half before I ended up graduating and leaving Provo. It's kind of a, a great way for me to go out i feel like i'm just happy that uh that you came along so we could get that last little hurrah
0: yeah um, man it was it was fun for sure and i guess to go back to your question yeah i remember we had i think it was like me in the band mm-hmm. you carly of course mm-hmm. um nephi and then we were like auditioning drummers
2: yeah
0: if i remember right and we'll have yeah. to get scotty to give the the full fact check on that, but I remember we had a couple, and Scotty came in just like full of like tons yeah. of energy, mm-hmm. and like, and he would bring like donuts every time he came to to play. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, because he worked at the I don't know Cougarie like
0: satellite Cougarie
1: location <laughs> yeah. or something.
0: He had the hookups. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so I remember like he would come like every Saturday morning. He'd be wearing like pajamas and he'd have like a huge bag of donuts. Like it was literally like. A- <laughs>
2: oh that's great yeah
0: it was like a trash bag full of donuts and i feel like he like um he was the final piece of the first iteration of the band yeah uh, which there were many many iterations
1: there were many it's uh you know from a personnel perspective and then from like a stylistic perspective as well it's changed a lot over the years um i think the their first version of gray glass was more like folky you know because it was kind of based on and that's kind of what I was looking for at the time as well. So I was kind of excited about it when you came, because all your music at that time was more like acoustic guitar based, right? Like Mark Twain was, um spacing on some of the names. But you know, pretty much it all did. the the music that we played back then was based around an acoustic guitar and then built the band off of it. Right. Um, and then uh, I think uh over the years it's kind of uh, become more electric, which is a freaking awesome! Thanks, man. Awesome yeah. direction that it's gone. I really, really like it. I wish. I, I mean, when I hear the great Glass stuff of like you know more recent stuff, I, I I get this little like twinge of jealousy. I'm like, dang, I wish I could have like played that freaking rock music. Like,
2: oh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's
1: so good. It's so fun to listen to. I just gotta be so fun to play too, man.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, it's super fun. I feel like I very much i don't know from from my perspective it's like when we started the band Mm -hmm. it was like my first well i mean like i'd done some stuff before like in Mm -hmm. in high school and like my freshman year i had like a little folk group but like we i don't know i just like had no idea how to like put an arrangement together Mm -hmm. and then like we started doing that and i kind of started to see like how it worked
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and so it's like i was helping write but i feel like it was really fun to watch like you jordan reading who was the our yeah. keys yeah. player like you guys just like piecing it together and i feel like i got to watch that and then yeah. i feel like that's still and i'm not just saying this to stroke your ego but i feel like that still informs like the way that i like put the songs together now hmm. um, i was
1: gonna that was one of the questions i wanted to ask oh first up, huge shout out to jordan reading we brought him on pretty quickly i feel like in the, when we were forming bands band members um just a super talented uh piano player um it's fun absolutely yeah he was he was a lot of fun to play with and he had never played in that kind of setting either he was i mean he played everything from like i mean you could tell him play any song and then change the genre and he'll just like play it you know
0: yeah no absolutely (laughs)
1: and so he could do anything even though he was like he hadn't played much band stuff before and it probably wasn't like super challenging for him either um but uh man such a talented guy and such a fun guy to be around Um, yeah he's
0: he was the best i mean he still is the best he just like i remember because he was in the band with us for like a year and then he went to jerusalem
1: yeah he he pieced out to jerusalem did the pilgrimage um and then uh he was off to dental school after that. So we didn't have super long with him in the band, but, uh, um, and then, you know, that gave way to finding Adam, which was great too. So,
0: yeah, it's, Uh, it's, that was a fun time for sure. And I feel like Jordan was like very super easygoing. He had that like easygoing energy that I've just never had with with music. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it was good to like, he was just like, (laughs) what? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Do you remember?
1: <laughs> Did I send you that? I just found a random video on my phone the other day. I was like, you know, months ago, but uh, it was like taken from the top of my stairs. We were always practice in the basement of the fur house. And, uh, there was just like this carnival music coming down from downstairs or so like walked down yeah. and, and Jordan was like <laughs> booping something on the keys on the roads. And then Scotty just doing this little this <dum- laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing?
0: Yeah, it was, so, it was fun, man. Like uh, him and Scotty, I feel like had, and you, you and Carly too, like had this great positive energy and like, I'm not saying like I, I was fun too, but like, I feel like me and Nephi are kind of kindred spirits in that, like we're both like pretty angsty internally when it comes to like where our music is coming from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think like I don't know, it was really good for for me. I don't want to speak for Nephi, but it was like really good for me to be in a band with you guys, and mm-hmm. we had a ton of fun. Like we, I remember the first was it the first show we ever played was like in Rexburg. Like we took your RV. You
1: remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, that was so fun, Starla. Starla, the Grand Duchess of Rancho El Rey Dynasty. I think was the full <laughs> name of the uh, the RV. But it was yeah. so
0: rad. It was like this vintage. Well, you should describe it, but you. I want people to know, like you remodeled, renovated. I don't know what the right term is, but like, yeah, yeah. You renovated this like old school RV, like from the fifties.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it was a. Uh, it was a. It was like a thirty-three foot RV. It slept eight people. So it was like a sizable craft. Um and uh it it was built by these well it was built on the back of a, a nineteen sixty five F three oh, fifty. So it had yeah. like the F three fifty cab and that you can imagine the dash was just like this piece of metal, you know? <laughs> so if we our, yeah, our little safety device on there was a little bobblehead Jesus on the dash <laughs> kept us safe because there was no airbags there was like this sorry little seatbelt. Um but then then built on the back was just this this like, massive full-size rv that had a, a full kitchen bathroom shower and then room to sleep eight people um yeah and that, this was back uh before carly and i had any kids so we were free and wild and uh, we could do whatever we wanted with our lives and so we bought like a bought this rv on a, on a weekend once and um ended up using it with the band because it was like great to haul gear with and uh and yeah, we did a little little road trip up to Rexburg to play one of our first shows. That was a that was a party. That was fun. I like
3: that
1: the thing I regret about that trip is like where's the documentation? Where's the pictures? I can't find almost anything from that trip.
0: Unless I you sh- had it. I should look. But yeah, that'd be awesome to see those photos because Yeah. I we we took some, right? Like we took some. We
1: must have. I mean, I don't have anything. I, maybe Nephi does.
0: I don't know yeah'll we'll have but, to hit we'll have to hit some people up for for that yeah footage
1: uh, all gray glass members please send uh all evidence <laughs> of that trip to
0: all all the... five hundred all five hundred <laughs> members of gray glass please
2: uh,
1: <laughs> uh yeah consider this the, the official request
0: yeah i uh that trip was super fun i remember it was like very like <laughs> like uh I like, all right, I, I don't want to like air any of our dirty laundry because yeah. I'm not, uh, like, being in a band is just really hard. There's just like a lot that goes into it. But I remember that was like, I feel like that trip was like before any sort of drama was there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah but, uh, yeah. but it was super fun and like very, for me, it was like, I was like, oh man, like this is what being in a band is like. Like you have an RV and it's like decked out. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh,
1: yeah, remember, remember the girls that uh, ended up hanging out with us after that show. I think I do. This has probably yeah. happened to you like a thousand times since then. So let me be more specific.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, I think. So, I remember, okay, you 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 tell it, and I'll, I'll see if I remember. Go for is,
1: it. So I mean. I was married to Carly, and Carly was there, so they weren't coming after me, uh, but uh, I think you and Nephi, and I think Miss was Jordan doing so, I think, maybe, I don't know. Anyways, a couple of you guys uh, got approached by some girls that were like, hey, what are you guys doing after the show? And... And uh we're like, nothing. Like, what do you want to do? And they're like, we ended up going down to Beaver Dick. Remember Beaver Dick?
0: Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> so for those for those listening, it was literally like there was a place in this town where we played called Beaver Dick, and it was like a it was like a famous location to go visit. I guess. yeah, yeah.
1: It was like this little like I don't know swamp river.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, yeah, we went up going down there, but the quote that I remember was this girl was like, well, I'll take y'all down to Beaver Dick and kill y'all.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: We were like, all right, sounds good, let's do it. <laughs> Rock and roll, man.
0: Yeah, that was fun. I like, uh, it's funny, I, and I'm not, I like, I'm not just saying this, I, like, as a result of the band, I got zero girls interested <laughs> It was the weirdest thing. Like I don't know if I was just like super like naive to it or what, but like um it was like very um I don't know. I feel like I was like so just like oblivious and like focused on the music that I just was cuz I think I remember that one night like we're like driving home and someone was like, "Yo, like that one girl wanted to hook up with you." And I was like, "She did?" Like I had no idea. <laughs> I was like I just yeah, it was, I don't know. I was very oblivious and like so uh Still probably am yeah, pretty oblivious, but, like, <laughs> that was super fun. That trip was awesome.
1: Um, uh, that, was good. that was a highlight for sure. That was a good time. Um, okay, we might have to pause the recording for a second. Okay, that's okay. Uh, my neighbor needs to borrow a tool, and I told him he could have it. So okay. hold on for one hot second. I'm pausing it. I'm sitting in my three-year-old son's bed i love that it's the only place i can Dude, find so, solace in this place
0: i have to so i have to tell this funny story uh about because you're talking about like um the girls thing being in a band yeah. yeah so casey ball who is he was the last guitar last lead guitar player we had yeah before the band broke up um he was like the ladies man of the group for sure mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, he, he deserved it. You know, he was like, he's an amazing guitar player and
1: handsome fella too. handsome fella,
0: you know, great personality. He's engaged. So it doesn't matter anymore, but for anyone listening, but anyway, so the funny, the funny story. So i now live in New York city. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, I've like bumped, this has happened to me on three separate occasions. I'm not making this up. Okay. So (laughs) I've three different sets of people. So the first time it happened, I'm like at this party, someone comes up to me. It's a girl she's like Mm -hmm. hey like uh what's your name and i'm like oh i'm tal like why are you why are you in the city i like you know i'm a musician whatever blah 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 Mm -hmm. and then they're like oh my gosh like you're you used to play music in utah like have you ever heard of gray glass (laughs) what (laughs) which is for those listening is is my is our old band right
1: (laughs) i'm still waiting for that to
0: happen and i was like I like, i was like and i would kind of play along with it i was like yeah like i have heard of that band like what do you think about that? yeah and then they're like they're like well like they i went sucked, to huh? they're like i went to like four of their shows to see like this guy casey ball play guitar like do you know casey ball he's like really good <laughs> at the guitar and then, and then i'd be like i'd be like yeah like i was literally the lead singer of that band <laughs> and that happened that happened three different times. No way. That's yeah. Funny. So it's it's funny. It's like a kind of an inside joke out here now amongst my amongst my friends that like they didn't ever notice me. They noticed Casey. But
1: yeah, that's so funny,
0: guys. Oh man. Yeah, uh, that guy's
1: uh, that guy's doing some good work, though, man. I love the I love the riffs he's coming up with,
0: dude. Honestly, Casey is very like musically. I don't know. I would say of all of us who've ever been in the band, no offense but this is me included, Casey is probably like takes the cake like musicianship wise. Oh yeah, yeah. He like for, he's like an amazing pianist. He's like an amazing guitar player. Like he can play like mm. the hardest metal solo that you've ever heard. He could play yeah. like note for note yeah. and wow. Um, he's really great. But anyways, um yeah, I'm trying to think of like other fun things that happened in the in the yeah. early days cuz I feel like I've blocked some of it out, you know. So here's one that you may have blocked out.
1: You remember that time when we almost threw down in a storage facility in Orem?
0: Wait, wait. No, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> I don't remember. With another
1: rival band?
0: Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you going to tell it, or am I going to tell it?
1: Uh, okay, I'll try. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep the other band's name anonymous. Um, they, did,
0: they were, like, maybe the worst band ever to happen, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> and it was yeah. It was bad. Okay, let's be real here. I, I, I as people, I wish them the best. Yeah. I literally, they are just the antithesis of the type of music that I enjoy listening to, and that's putting it lightly. Yeah, that's yeah. putting it lightly. Yeah, have, have to yeah, say. Yeah. that.
2: That's true. Yeah.
1: Um. So we we get um put on the same you Know Bill is them at a lore show, and um, so we're like, okay, fine, you know, that's fine, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we each, if I see if I remember this correctly, um, we each get uh, a handful of pre sales uh, for the show from lore, and you know, like at that point, I don't think any of us in the band had really enjoyed that aspect of like, you know, hey, you know, if people want to come to our show, then like they'll come to our show. I mean, of course, we'll promote it. Right. But like the, the pre sale thing was just kind of like, ah, you know, it's kind of like roping someone in and like making them sign a contract to come to our show, which wasn't like really our vibe at that point, you know? Um, right. If they wanted to come, then they'll should come and it should be on them, you know, on their their time and whatever Mm -hmm. and so we we were like hey you know but also you only get money from the ticket sales for people that come for your band so like when you when you show up at Valour, they'll say hey who you here for and the people say gray glass then you get a tick by your name and then you get a certain amount of money at the end um so we told them we're like hey we're not like we're just gonna have our people show up on the day of like we're not really going to do too much on the pre-sale end of things and so if I remember correctly like they were like uh, okay and then they ended up selling out all the tickets
0: oh that's right show. I forgot about that yeah they sold and all. so we're
1: like we're like whoa so at this point we're like going to do the show for free for their fans which were not really like our like we weren't like playing for middle schoolers at that point so <laughs>
0: not exactly our demo you know yeah it wasn't really
1: because yeah. i mean that's that's kind of how they grew their following is they would go and play assemblies at middle schools that's
0: right dude oh my so, gosh They were so the, the schools, worst all the oh middle schools God. and high
1: schools were like super stoked about it because it was like the best band they would ever seen before and and uh and yeah
0: so we're, Not our we, demo. Not our demo, exactly.
1: So we kind of, like, reached out. And we're like, hey, um, it would be okay if we, like, at least reserve like a couple, like, for our fans to come that, like, uh, you know, and pay at the door, um, you know. And then they're like, come to our storage unit in Orem.
0: <laughs> <they're like>, okay. Dude, <laughs> And it we was. We face to face. Yeah. It was just you and me that went. Right? It was so?
1: just me and you in my little uh, 1987 Brass. At my Subaru brought a little big, tiny truck. Dude, that's right. <laughs> just like the most least intimidating vehicle you could <laughs> possibly show up to a, <laughs> a brawling. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we like putter into this place. And yeah, I mean, I guess they were practicing out of a, a storage unit at that point. Were they practicing there or were they uh, just storing their stuff there? I can't tell.
0: I can't remember. I it just remember there. showing up and they were like... They were in there all decked out because they, were they like, really dressed apart. You know, they were, like, all decked out in, like, the rock star apparel. And yeah. I just remember them being like, yo, like, you got something to say, bro? Like, you got something to say? Like, you say to my face, bro. That's <laughs> like, <it was> basically <laughs> what it was, you know?
1: Yeah, we were both like, ah! And you could tell that the drummer or I think the guy who was sitting in the back was kind of, like, agreeing with us the whole time. But he was too scared to talk. So he's just, like, just watching it happen we were just yeah. like trying to be reasonable with them. Like, hey, like I don't know, we just don't know. That was wild.
0: Yeah, that was that was a, that was a crazy time for sure. And I remember like that. I want to say it caused like a little bit of drama with the venue as well, because I think that like they, looking back now, actually thinking about it, like, because we had like some definitely some drama with with the venue for from the all the years following. Mm. And, like, I'm sure some of it was, like, my fault, but I think that since that was one of our earliest shows, mm-hmm. I I think that, like, they talked to Velour about us yeah. before anyone yeah. knew who we were, and so I think yeah. that that kind of, like, got a bad, like, Velour got a bad taste in, in their mouth about us, and then, mm. which, like, got better as the years went on, I think, but, um, yeah, yeah that was so funny, dude, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah, that was, I, I don't, do you remember the show even? I don't even remember the show. There's been so many and just like.
2: I don't remember.
1: I don't remember. I don't remember it being particularly memorable,
2: I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I, yeah, that was, that was an era for sure. And I remember um, another action, like we, we we then played a show with them later at BYU and you, oh, yeah. they accidentally took uh, Nephi's iPad. Do you remember that?
1: Oh yes.
0: <laughs> so that was kind
1: of yeah, that was a critical moment in our band history. That was a
0: critical moment. We don't we don't need to get into it entirely. Yeah. But like I just remember yeah. that Nephi was using his, his iPad for like some sort of promotional thing, like people he could put is, in their
1: yeah, collecting email addresses so we could have like a little mail up mail list. And he had, he had worked really hard. I believe at the time to uh, save up to guide, buy that iPad, and he was like very excited about using it for that purpose. And then, when they, <laughs> <were> <laughs> they, they literally like
2: they packed up it, yeah, they their packed a massive
1: right. trailer full of gear, and they just swiped it. And I mean, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that they thought it was theirs. <laughs> I don't know. If you just like take people's iPads, assuming that it's your, I mean, I guess they had a lot of nice equipment, but. and yeah I totally swiped it we ended up tracking it because it had a tracker on it and uh, it like went to their dad's house where they keep all their gear and uh, we just drove up and like you guys freaking stole our iPad man they're like oh (laughs) oh yeah yeah sorry we're like just so pissed at that point
0: yeah Um, because I remember like I left that show pretty early and mm -hmm. then I woke up the next day to like so many texts and I think it led to like anyway, it led to like a, a lot of drama and it was
2: yeah,
0: it was a lot. But you know, we got through it and we're all still alive and we're thriving. We're you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man.
0: That was wild. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like other dramatic things that happened towards the beginning between us and other groups. Cause like there were there was there was a lot of drama for sure. Mm-hmm. Cause I like for those listening, so the scene that we played in and you could probably help me with the history a little bit, but so like bands like Imagine Dragons and Neon Trees, like bands who like legit made it huge mm-hmm. um, for better, or for worse. Uh, yeah. They made it huge. They came from this scene. So it yeah. was like, and that was like, what, like, like 2011-ish, 2010, 2011, when like that really, like all those bands like really hit. Yeah. And so like, I feel like by the time we came around, there was kind of like. Um,
1: Who's going to be in the next one?
0: yeah, like, who's gonna be the next one? There was, like, a lot of competition and, like, a lot of the producers and other people were, like, yo, like, like, I know the dude from whatever, ex. like, who are you? Like, I know this guy from this band and, like, you're just, there was a lot of, like, um, a lot of competition. Like, it was very cutthroat, in my opinion. I don't know if you got that same vibe.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, everyone was kind of jockeying for that next, uh, you know, biggest band. And I think uh, Fictionist is still pretty active at that time and they were kind of the unspoken like kings um because they're
0: they, still they, they still are they still are in my in my opinion and like oh yeah absolutely yeah. i think so too
1: <laughs> I, I like still one of my favorite bands of all time they're and
0: dude i will say it like i'll say it on the air like fictionist is better than any band that has hit it on the global stage from probo Oh yeah, I, am I, I including agree. including gray glass? Like I every I don't know I love those. Oh dudes, of course. yeah, so.
1: I I agree, and they're
2: such nice guys too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. By the way, I think I I a previous uh, episode of this podcast, you mentioned that you have been really liking Lasting Echo by them. Um,
0: yeah. So um, I um that so record. For, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: I feel like when we were in the band, we had talked about that, but I guess you didn't, like, have it at the time or something. And so I was, I was like, trying to tell you. I was, like, man, like, the guitars on that one is, like, it's, like, right up your alley. Like, you would freaking love it. And then, like, I think I remember you saying, like, oh, I, I haven't been with it. Because I, I don't know if it was, like, streaming it wasn't available on streaming at the time or something.
0: So, can, can I'm
1: I need... super glad to hear that you started to, like, like, started to listen to it. I
0: need, I need to jump in on this and tell tell a story of it was like a big moment for me and they're probably a reason why i like love them so much but so Mm -hmm. like when when i started playing like everyone that i talked to they would they would always bring up fictionists like anyone in the scene like i'd be like oh yeah like you know playing band whatever very Glass, whatever and then they'd be like oh like have you heard of fictionist or like we'd go to do we do something and they'd be like, well, fictionist did this. Like, have you thought about doing this? You know?
1: <laughs> and I would even say like, I remember one of the, my favorite lines from uh, that little throwdown in the Orem storage unit was fictionist would never do this.' <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Like they were like and, like, and so, and I had like, literally dude, I had never heard a fictionist record. And so like, yeah. I was just like, yeah. shut you up know about fiction, fictionists.
1: Fictionist people, man.
0: And then, so I was like, these guys, like, screw these guys. Like, I hate fictionists. Like, I was like, I hate fictionists, you know? Oh, so and then Nephi, who's good friends with those guys, he gets an yeah. invite to their, like, private album release party that they, mm-hmm. the record that the self-titled record, self-titled record that they did with Nate Peiffer, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing, recommended to anyone. Nephi was like, hey, I have, like, an extra spot. Do you want to come with me to this thing? mm mm-hmm. And so, I was like, "All right, like fictionist, who has been the bane of my existence for this last year, because everyone's mm-hmm. comparing everything I do to them. Like, yeah, I gotta yeah. go. See, I gotta go see what this is all about, you know? Yeah. And like, I watched that show, and I was like, blown away, and just like humbled. Mm-hmm. I just like melted into mush. I was like, oh my, like they're amazing. They really yeah. are amazing, you know. And it was like I wanted to have a reason to hate them, you know." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I watched that show and I was like, "These dudes are like, these dudes are the real deal." And like, I need to like, what I need to sh- do is shut up, mm-hmm. go home and practice. Because- Start <laughs> yeah, you know. So it was like, it was a really cool moment for me actually, because it was like one of those, you know, like young, like cocky musician, you know. And then it was one of those moments where I was just like, you know what, I need to like shut my mouth and like try and get better at what I'm doing.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've appreciated everything they've released since as well. But like the style of Lasting Echo, I feel like is just like, oh man, just the. I, I, I listened to your Scott Wiley uh, interview episode, um, and I think he was referencing Lasting Echo when he said like they recorded it all like live together in the studio, which, first of all, is so so amazing when you're listening back to those songs like. The, oh, yeah, how tight they are, but you could just feel that energy and it just feels so raw and, and so I don't know authentic, and it's just
2: it's a fun record to listen to, yeah.
0: yeah, for sure, and I feel like um, ever since then, ever since that happened, I think I even said this to Cory fox's face Corey fox's but he owns Valor. Mm-hmm. I was just like my goal in life is like make Fictionists a famous band, like they're mm-hmm. like so good and like. Uh-huh. Everything that I love about rock and roll music they have that like so mm-hmm. to give so, to give some context to like the scene at the time when you and I are playing as well, mm-hmm. a lot of people were playing to backing tracks because that's what imagine dragons does mm-hmm.
2: it's
0: like a lot of people don't know this about like modern music, which I mean you don't have to care, but like a lot of modern air quotes like bands they get up there and they have a yeah. whole recording of like backing tracks and like lip sync vocals and all this stuff that plays behind them. So like, it literally, like they could stop playing their instrument and like, you probably wouldn't even notice.
1: Yeah.
0: And people were doing that in the Provo scene, like this, this like indie scene, like they were bringing, like they were bringing the recorded backing tracks. Like, Hey, like put this into the mixing board so that while we play our set, like we don't really have to play Like that's the truth, you know? Yeah. And fictionist was like they never did that. they were all always like super tight, musically, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. virtuosos at their instruments, like amazing live band and like yeah. um yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. to to this day, playing to the back- the whole backing track thing just like drives me insane, but
2: yeah,
1: yeah, aspirational uh group of guys to to listen to, yeah, for sure,
0: so we actually did um. The gray glass song, Material Girl, was produced by uh, Stuart Maxfield, who's, like, the brains. Was it really? Yeah. No way. Yeah, so, um, and, like, to this day, I mean, like, I'd like to consider him a friend. I don't know if he considers me a friend or not, but, like, (laughs) I feel like when I'm recording with that dude, I just, like, still feel so, like, intimidated. So, like, I feel like I, during that whole session, I was just like, I don't know if I can play my guitar parts in front of this guy, you know? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he produced that song, and that was super fun. He's very, very smart guy. Smart mm-hmm. and, like, very, uh, I don't know, he's just a really solid musician. All of those dudes are, but he's definitely,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he produces a lot now. A lot of the music that's coming out of Utah, he's kind of, like, one of the brains behind it, so.
1: Hmm. I didn't realize that.
0: I guess, like, I want to ask you this question, Dave. Um yeah. Because I know that I have a lot of answers for this, but I want to know, like, what if you could go back to the beginning of when we started making records together? Like, what would you do differently? Like, knowing what you know now.
1: Hmm. I would have started earlier. Could've enough time. Um, hmm. Hmm. Um,
2: <laughs>
3: That's a fantastic question.
2: I think we, I don't know, we just, I think the
1: thing that we struggled with the most is just our process of uh, figuring out how we all work together and how we write songs together. Um, Because we did it a bunch of different ways, I feel like, and some some ways worked well and some ways didn't. I don't know maybe we Yeah, I think it it just got too heavy at some some points in our history. I feel like we were too worried about um I don't know like the being successful. Um maybe we should have been more worried about just writing great music. I don't know. Not to say that we weren't concerned about, well, I don't think we're ever, like, trying to sell out or anything, but um, and that, that kind of gets in the way of writing good music, I feel like, it's when you're so concerned about how it's going to be. Yeah. Saved. So, I don't know, I think most of the time we, it was, most of the time it was really, really fun. Um, I don't, I know the advice that was given to you, which is probably um, good advice, is finding members early on that have the same goals as you, um, you know, which I'm, like selfishly, I'm glad you didn't take that advice because that would have taken me out of the equation at the beginning, Um uh, and I'm, I just, like, I look back with a lot of fondness to the time we, we had in the band, so... Um, and I have a lot of pride even, you know, listening to the music that you guys produced that I had nothing to do with and seeing Glass's name on it and saying, hey, that's my old band, you know? <laughs> um, but, I mean, I... I don't know. Because, I mean, I guess to give some context or history, so... Um, you know Carly and I and Jordan we all really enjoyed playing music but it wasn't something that we were planning on making a career out of um Jordan and I did the classic school of rock um band departure and went to dental school <laughs> I think I watched School of Rock after that and I'm pretty sure like one of his original bandmates just like quit together to become a dentist and I was like what <laughs> Dude,
0: I'm I lo- that guy <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that movie it's
2: so good
1: Um. so I mean if I'm being honest that probably hampered you uh, on your timeline of, of you know taking the band where you wanted it to and having to restart um personally and selfishly super grateful that you did that but uh um i don't know what do you what do you think about that
0: well i'm glad you i'm glad that you bring that up because like um i mean like newsflash like i still haven't made it in music like i have like i have a day job you know um and like i i just am like so glad I really am, and I'm not just saying this i'm I'm so glad that we didn't like take off um, I don't know like it's hard for me to say ever because who knows like it could have been awesome mm-hmm. and i'm not I'm not speaking for anyone else, but like personally myself in like twenty fifteen through twenty eighteen Like I don't think like I was not ready to be like a professional musician. And like I I just wasn't ready, you know? And so I don't think like I don't know, I don't look at I do not look back at at any of the of our bandmates and think like, oh man, like, you know, like (laughs) had Dave not quit and gone to dental school and been a sellout, like he you know, he like I don't I I don't know, like I just really was Super like naive about music and like my musicianship. I also was like picking fights with everyone, dude. Not <laughs> not not physically, but like I, if there was a band that was like playing a backing tracks, like you know, mm-hmm. I would I was telling everyone in the scene I was like, "That's a karaoke band," you know, which was, <laughs> a, which was a stupid thing to do. Like I just was like <laughs> such like this like I had like that ego. Mm-hmm. Um, ego problem and i feel like had you know had we blown up at that time mm. um i would have either ruined it for everyone in like a even more catastrophic way or i don't know like it was just i think what ha- what happened like needed to happen and i'm grateful for it i really am
1: i i totally agree with that i feel like um you know when you ask the question what would you do in i had to think pretty hard about it cuz i think Overall, I think it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, um I have here here's a segment you can put on all future podcasts, public apologies on Talcast. <laughs> here's my and I don't know if I'm just totally making this up in my mind or if this actually happened. But um I have a public apology for you, Tao.
2: So,
4: <laughs> so here's
1: something I would have done differently. Okay. Um and the thing I'll preface this with is first of all, I think chase Baker did a fantastic job on, on the track. Um, but, um, and he did exactly what, uh, what I hoped and asked him to do. So I'm referencing Lioness on our first little EP, mm-hmm. um, a song I wrote that we, you know, recorded. Um, and, uh, at the time we had, we were down our lead guitarist, that's right, Sam had already left or something to I can't remember what the circumstances were, but we had recorded the song, and you know the part that he usually played, you know we hadn't had a chance to record and and so I had another buddy uh from you know ages ago who was also playing um you know successfully in the in the music scene.
0: Great guitar player, too. He's a, so
1: Amazing great. guitar player, super good friend, Chase. And so it, it was just kind of an automatic solution. I was like, oh, we'll just have Chase re- record uh, for us. And he did, and it was great. And and I don't you know regret anything about how it sounds or anything. But the thing I do regret is not just having you play it. I feel like by me not asking you to, to play that was like a total jerk move. And it probably sent like the way wrong message to you saying, oh, I don't think Tal could Handle this guitar part. It's not like a particularly complex guitar part, anyways. They're like, it, man, that's totally not what I. I don't know. Did, first of all, totally be honest with me. Did I unintentionally send that message to you saying, like, uh, well, Tal obviously can't handle it, so let's bring someone else in?
0: You know? No, I gotta be honest, dude. I, I legit do not. I don't have a memory of that with that song. I remember because like when, when we started playing, I was like a, I was just like the rhythm guitar player and the vocal usually. Mm -hmm. And I just, so people have some context, I didn't really start playing like lead guitar until all of our guitarists kept quitting. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, Oh man, like maybe I should like, you know, like try and figure out how to do this. And then like, I would start have, like, an idea for for a guitar part. And then I would Mm -hmm. be like, oh, like, that actually doesn't sound too bad. And then I, like, started, like, studying guitar playing uh, Mm. on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, I'm I'm a lot better than I used to be. But, like, I don't ever, because I think I kind of felt that same way about myself. Like, I was just like, no, like, I'm not a lead guitar player. Like, I grew up, like, accompanying myself on the acoustic guitar. Mm. This is, like, the first time I've ever played in, like, a rock band before. So I don't mm-hmm. ever, I, I legit remember hearing it back and being like, well, like that sounds great. Like, that's awesome. And mm. it didn't bug me. Um,
1: okay. Well, good. I, I just hope I didn't leave a bad, that's something I've, I've kind of stewed on for like, how many years is it now?
0: <laughs> it's been a, it's been yeah. a long time. Dude. And
1: I never even, uh, just, uh, I should have just called you and talked to you about it for forever ago, but, uh, I guess I'm glad to hear that you didn't feel that way anyways, but, uh, well, yeah, certainly not the message I wanted to send there. Um,
0: no, you definitely didn't. And I feel like um, to, if it makes you feel any better, I would credit Scotty, our drummer, for like mm-hmm. pushing me to be a lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, like, because it was the, the summer that you moved away yeah. or you went to dental school or whatever. Or what, I Yeah, anyway, you moved away and then we got booked to play a show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a mental illness uh, prevention, like benefit show. And yeah. Scotty told the the booker, he was like, yeah, like we're going to play the show. And we <laughs> we didn't have a band, like literally like our entire band had moved away. And I was like, <laughs> so pissed at Scotty. I was like, dude, like you can't just say yes to a show. Like we don't have a band, <laughs> you know? And, like, him being, like, super optimistic, like, happy-go-lucky yeah. dude, he was just like, why not? Like, let's just find some people to play the show. And so I ended up going home.
1: If you look it, they will come.
0: Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I ended up going home, and I learned, like, all the lead guitar lines from, like, our records that we had recorded. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up, like, doing mm-hmm. singing and playing lead, and I was like, whoa, like, I can kind of do both of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fine. So I don't know. I feel like... It all worked out in the end, and I got pushed to be even more the guitar guy. You know.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I will say, like, I mean, I thought, you know, the time that we were playing together, I was always very, very, you know, impressed with your abilities on guitar, and never thought you had any shortcomings in that department. Um, but I will say, like, as the music continues to come out, like, it's getting more and more eye opening. I'm like, holy cow. Like that new song you sent me, some serious guitar work in there. Thanks, man. Uh, so props and the vocals, too. Like, that's something I've seen grow as well. I've always thought you've had an amazing voice. But, man, it's just like, I, I wanted to ask you, actually, like, is that just like the test of time? Is that just like, you know, as you continue singing, your voice just like so keeps getting better? Or like, are there specific things that you've done to, to like work on your vocals over the years?
0: Um i singing, I guess like to be honest, is still probably like my most like my biggest insecurity as an artist would be like my singing, and I think that's like pretty common across like musicians like singing is just like super vulnerable there's no like playing yeah, there's nothing
1: in between you and the the microphone. Well, usually.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, because <laughs> like as a guitarist, like you can be like, oh, like you know, I didn't sound too good, but like they my amp was like not, you know, <laughs> the EQ was wrong on my amp, or whatever. Like if you I was out of tune or something. Yeah. Yeah, like but when you when you sing out of tune, it's like, hey, like the buck stops with you, and it's totally your fault. But one thing I will say is like uh doing recording sessions really helped me a lot because I would like go in and I'd do a take mm-hmm. of like a vocal line. And then I'd come back into the control room and the producer would be like, yo, like, don't do that. Don't do what you just did. Like, how about you go back in there and do it mm-hmm. completely differently? And in so many words, they would say that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, I feel like being able to, like, hear it back and not critique it as, like, don't critique it as, like, oh, my gosh, my singing voice sucks. But critique it as, like, that's another instrument in this song. Yeah. And you need to just play the instrument differently so that mm-hmm. it sits in the context of the song in the right way. And mm-hmm. then I feel like that sort of like detachment from my own voice has helped me. If that answers the question, like you're like, Oh, like it doesn't matter what it sounds like because I just want it to sound right in the right yeah. context. And then that's allowed me to like improve for, time, for sure.
1: Yeah. Here's another question. So have you, do you feel like you've been able to, I don't know,
2: I, I'm seeing a child creep into the room. I feel you. Is Kids. over?
0: <laughs> Kids are welcome on the show, by the way. There's right. no rules. There are no That's rules. Fine.
1: That's fine. Um, so using a microphone, I know we just kind of talked about how it's vulnerable, but like, and I'm not even talking about like adding reverb or, or something, like some kind of effect, but like, do you feel like you've kind of, Changed how you sing into a microphone. It's like it's. It, I feel like it's more than just amplification. I feel like there is a difference when you're like, even even if you were playing in like a low volume setting, even if you were using an acoustic guitar and everyone could hear your voice without a microphone, would you still use a microphone to achieve something
2: different?
0: Yeah, you know, well, I'm getting that here. I, I hear you for sure. Um, so. One thing that um, the microphone helps a lot with is like, Mm -hmm. obviously like dynamics, like because you're singing into a microphone, you don't necessarily have to like belt as much as you might need to. If you're just like, you know, playing unplugged or whatever, you need to like sing over the band in order to be Mm -hmm. heard. And so one thing that that has like informed a lot in my singing, I would say is that in my opinion singing sounds way more like air quotes like hardcore or like rock and roll the less you sound like you're trying to make it sound that way
2: Mm -hmm. it's
0: like if you listen to like the early like strokes records and stuff or like the queens of the stone age records like it almost sounds like they're like hey i'm singing this vocal part but like i don't even care about this vocal part and i'm half asleep (laughs) while i'm singing this vocal part And it's, like, very intentional, and when you are plugged in, you can do that, right? Whereas, like, if you're, like, just trying to get, like, decibels-wise, you're trying to sit high enough where people can even hear what you're singing, you don't have, like, a ton of control over the dynamics, and so I feel like, I don't know if that answers your question, like, the microphone has allowed me to be less, like, screamy or less, like, uh, on ten all the time, as far as, like, expression goes.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I guess like it kind of opens up a whole more like range of emotions that wouldn't be available to you just because they won't be audible, you know, otherwise.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I feel like I still have so ways to go with my singing. And I feel like it's one of those things where I don't know, like it's the hardest, but it's also like nothing to me feels better than like just like singing, like mm-hmm. belting your heart out for people. Like it's very uh In my opinion, it's the most cathartic instrument that I've ever played, for people at least.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, I agree with that.
1: I think uh, the most cathartic, I don't know, like just someone that captures that, like totally captures that emotion when I listen to him is, uh, I don't know, is Muse. That guy, I don't know if you like Muse very much, but. No, I do. That guy's voice, when he just belts it, it's like, uh, I just want to, like, melt into whatever I'm sitting in. Um, They just came out with two new songs, by the way. They have an album coming out, and they released two of them.
0: I haven't I haven't heard them yet. Are they good?
1: Oh, they're so good. They're very good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he has, like, a very cool, like, operatic tone in his yeah, voice. You know what I mean? It it's is. like...
1: Like, his vibrato is incredible. Um, yeah.
0: And he, he has an amazing range, and I feel like he yeah. is... I went. I saw them live like four years ago. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, did? You really?
0: I did. Was that,
1: was that a good show? It was, was real.
0: It was a great show. One thing I will say is like, he almost like makes his band look like they're like not good,
2: really, because of
0: how good he is. Like I feel like, <laughs> like their bass player is super good. Yeah. The whole band's great, like, whatever, but I don't know. Like, I watched them play, and it's, like, I very much was, like, this guy is, like, on, like, a level above, like, his bandmates. Really? Which, which is almost, like, not what you want when you play a show. Like, you kind of yeah. want it to be, like, it's this collective, but he was, like, singing these huge operatic parts while he would be, like, playing a solo literally at the same time. Like oh the, Like, the way that, like, someone would play, like, a folk song and they'd accompany themselves on the guitar – It's Mm -hmm. like he was playing a metal song where he'd be like playing the lead part and singing. (laughs) Like it was, it was very impressive for sure. That's wild.
1: I've actually never even like looked up a YouTube video of them playing. I've just always listened to the music, but I'll have to look that up because
0: they are definitely like, you know, how like a lot of bands, not a lot, but there's quite a few bands out there where it's like you see them and you're like, oh, well, that was disappointing because they, Mm. Muse is not like that. They're like very much like can pull it off live. And maybe even like in a way, I feel like some of the live versions I saw them play were mm-hmm. better. Like they had changed the arrangement around a bit live. Yeah. yeah. Um
1: hmm. yeah, I'll have to put that on the bucket list because
0: what's hilarious good. though is he's like super short. Like super yeah. short.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carly, uh, I was we were riding in the car the other day and you know, Carly was was uh, you know, enjoying it too, which is kind of rare because it's not really her her uh, type of music usually, but she just like is totally blown away by this guy's voice too and she looked him up she was like oh
2: wow he's tiny
0: (laughs) yeah like because i was on the floor so i was like general admission um they have like a runway because it was an arena show like they sell out big shows and he had like a runway you know what i'm talking about it's like a runway through the general admission yeah so at one point he was like standing right in front of me and i was like wow like this guy's guitar is like twice as big as this guy but like it was kind of fun it was cool though because i was like wow yeah. like he has such a like his guitar playing and his vocals are so much like larger That's than powerful. life yeah you know i'm like because i don't know i think back to that kid in high school he was probably pushed around as like this little guy and then like yeah now he's like you know yeah tr- melting people's faces and i, I yeah. love seeing stuff like that where it's like he like looks like he should be an underdog but like in reality yeah. he's just like amazing so Yeah, I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, Um, I feel like they've been writing about the same thing for like the past I don't know three albums or so. It's always like this kind of like dystopian world, like post-apocalyptic, where like the robots have taken over or something. It's like very sci-fi, but it's like so cool. I just love that band, man. It's so uh, it's it's so powerful. Like like you said, like he's kind of comes in a small package, but like it's it's really kind of a cool juxtaposition with with the music that comes out of that guy—it's
2: incredible.
0: Yeah, it was—it was really fun, and I, and I also—I don't know, like some people that I go see play. Like I went to a Sting concert actually mm-hmm. with Nephi. Nephi, and oh, I went really? to see Sting with the Utah Symphony. Oh, really? And like, I mean, I guess this probably like I should have known this going into it, but like that ego—that dude's ego is clearly like miles high. Like, he just mm-hmm. like is obsessed with himself, you know? Yeah. Which like to me is like kind of a turn off, just because like I don't know, like. Uh, we're all human and like gonna die and mm-hmm. not, but anyway, uh, I feel like Matt Bellamy from Muse, he did not come off that way at all when he played. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like very good, obviously, and they put on like a killer show, but he was like super humble, like, super. Mm-hmm. They, they just seem like really grateful that like people came out to the show, which is always fun to see, you know?
1: Yeah, if anyone's like could justify being cocky, it's probably that guy. He's got like the voice of an angel and he can totally shred, but that's good to hear.
0: Yeah. Hmm. yeah he's great um i actually speaking to bring Fictionist back up because you know why yeah. not <laughs> i took yeah. guitar lessons i've taken guitar lessons from both of the guitarists from fictionist now yeah on and off robbie and uh robbie and uh, brandon yeah Kitterman. Mm-hmm. but anyway like i remember one time i was like yeah like i don't know Cause like I sing, but like, I kind of want to play lead and he was like, you got to check out the dude from Muse. Like he sings and he plays lead. Like that's like, he like wrote the book on it. Kind of.
2: mm-hmm.
0: And he definitely yeah. did for sure. Yeah. Um, what else have you been listening to lately, dude? Like what, what, uh, do you have any new stuff that you like, anything you're like digging back into? Well, when we talked about it, I,
1: I still feel like I'm writing this Weezer fix, man. Like uh, I, I never appreciated Weezer for years and years, obviously they were on my radar, you know, because I know Weezer and they all know Beverly Hills and whatever else. But, uh, you know, I just never like took him seriously. as like, I always thought of him as like a little lighthearted punk rock, you know,
0: uh, what's the word? Yeah. They, they're kind of like, they give off like a little bit of like the Wiggles vibe, you know, they're like, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. like, they do that on purpose, you know, and I think they yeah. don't, you know, like, Rivers Cuomo clearly, like, does not take himself seriously at all, yeah. so, which is not kind of cool.
1: Man, I've just come to appreciate them so much, and, like, how incredibly, like, just, I don't know, the the songwriting coming from that guy, like, is so genius. It's on a completely different level for me. I mean, and obviously, there's kind of those, also, like, Beverly Hills-type songs, but that it's very i don't know those kind of are very disarming songs and so when he hits you with these other songs it's like what there's like some real substance to that band that i never appreciated before um they yeah i mean okay human was the first album that really like got me hooked on them and then i've kind of gone backwards and revisited some of their older stuff
0: well so what's funny about weezer actually this is like a little bit tangential to weezer but Scotty and i our old yeah. drummer yeah, because
1: Scotty, I mean, I, I texted him when I got back on this Weezer train because I was like, screw you, man. Like, you knew that they were this whole time, <laughs> and I was in your band, and you never co- like, told me about it. And I'm sure he did, but, like, I just never listened. But anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> well,
0: so Scotty and I went to see them in uh, in Salt Lake at,
2: oh,
0: you yeah. know, is it Usana? It was, like, the outdoor amphitheater, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the Pixies opened for them. Mm -hmm. and that was maybe the most uncomfortable i've ever been watching a band play was watching Mm -hmm. the pixies open for weezer because for those of you who don't know the pixies are like legendary like the pixies Mm -hmm. are cited as like like radiohead's favorite band is the pixies like the pixies were the main influence behind nirvana's music like they're just like very Mm -hmm. but they're like very not like a lot of it is very out there and not like mainstream palatable yeah and so, like, I just looked around and watched all these Weezer fans, like, try and experience the Pixies, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Also, my now fiancé was uh-huh. at the show. I obviously didn't know her. No way. No. Yeah, way. she was there at the show. So it's kind of <laughs> weird looking back. But I remember, like, watching them play, watching the Pixies play. And when they played at Where's My Mind, which was the only song that a lot of people knew. Mm-hmm. They like looked so pissed off at the crowd. Like, they just like stopped, they like stopped moving around and they like barely played the song. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're obligated to play this. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Oh, that's funny. But then Weezer, man, they put on a great show. Rivers Cuomo freaking dude, the dude rips on the guitar. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, one thing I didn't know about Weezer until that show all the guitar solos on the Weezer records, they're Rivers Mm -hmm. guitar solos. Oh, really? Like, the other guitar dude just kind of plays rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. At least as far as I could tell from that show. So yeah, that was a good, that was a fun one. And it was really fun to see like Scotty watch his favorite bands.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. Watch him just
0: like light up. And it was, I loved it. It was fun.
2: Yeah.
1: I asked uh, Scotty what his favorite Weezer songs were. And I hope I'm not misquoting him, but he he pointed me towards, um, you know, three or four songs that came on the, the, the bonus songs on the end of the red album. Um I think Pig is on there and uh Miss Sweeney's on there. And I have to agree those are those are some highlights for me. If you haven't uh heard those, you need to give those
2: a listen.
0: I haven't I haven't heard those, but the pick or excuse me, Weezer was one of those bands where like once I really started trying to like study songwriting, air quotes mm-hmm. study just on my own. Yeah. Um I certainly like picked some of those songs apart because I was like, these like he really knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that very uh very, like, expert at his craft, which is probably why they release, like, four albums a year. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> they just released another song. It's kind of a fun little spring bop. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's...
0: Oh, and also, have you ever heard of the band? Have you heard of the band The Avalanches? I don't know if you ever heard of them. No, I have not. So they're really great. They're a sample-based band, but he, he sings Rivers Cuomo. So they have, like, guest singers on every song. And oh, Rivers cool. Cuomo sings on this song by them called Running Red Lights. It's really good.
2: Uh, um, I'll look that up.
0: So, anyways, All Hail Weezer, the Blue Album is goaded. It's a goaded album. Okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're awesome. Um, anyone else you've been listening to lately? Um,
1: let's see. Oh, sorry. Theodore, what can I do for you, my son?
4: Come here, come and here, come mommy here. Mommy got here. you a donut. And she also got me a donut. And her donut. Come and Maya donut. And, and and mommy also got you
1: uh uh i sing uh, and I mommy <laughs> also got you a donut. Mommy
4: got me a donut. Uh and all of us you got us.
1: Did you eat your donut already?
4: No, oh. I it's still there. Oh good, <laughs> okay.
0: Dude, hey, hey, little man, little wait. This is Theodore. Was that his this name? Is, this is Theo. Here, no. Can you? Theo, can you hear me? Can you Theo, hear me? can you hear me?
4: I can. You
2: can, huh? Want to say hi?
4: Hi. His name's Tal. He's my friend.
0: Say hi, Theo. D- your mom and dad are two of my favorite people ever. Just so you know. <gasps> All right. Just like you, huh?
4: Mhm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything you want to tell uh people on the radio, Theo?
1: What have you been thinking about lately, Theo?
0: Yeah.
4: I don't know.
1: What's your favorite thing in the world?
4: I don't know either.
0: You don't know either. What about construction vehicles?
4: I do know those.
0: You do know those. you Okay, wait. Thing? I got to ask you what's your favorite.
4: I, my- my favorite is a dump truck. Dump truck. Mm-hmm. And an excavator. Mhm.
0: Okay, I gotta throw this in there though, dude. How do you feel about backhoes? Have you I seen don't a backhoe it, before?
4: Uh huh. It also to live on construction <laughs> sites.
0: Yep. What about what about a steamroller? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, dude. I took it too far. Steamrollers can shove it. I respect yeah. that though. He knows what he he knows what he likes and he has opinions, you know? He does. I respect yeah. that.
1: He's refined his his tastes of construction vehicles over the years.
0: Do you how I do you feel I about how okay. do you feel about Bob the Builder? Have you seen him? Is that still a thing, Dave? I don't
1: know if he knows Bob the Builder.
0: Do you know Bob the Builder? Mm-hmm. You do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's pretty legendary from what I hear.
2: Mm-hmm. He's a, a master of his craft. uh
1: well we were showing the kids uh some some of the old gray glass uh, music videos the other day to show them how cool their parents are and uh yeah they had a good time it was fun they were (laughs) we have like a projector that we we shot on the wall and so it was like us bigger than real size and they were like dancing in front of it it was kind of fun that's awesome yeah. Yeah, I, yeah are, are you gonna play uh, music? Are you gonna play music someday? Do you wanna yeah. learn? Do you wanna learn how to play some music sometime? Like I a piano or a guitar?
4: I already know how to play that.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. forgot.
0: <laughs> he's got it. Done. Been there been there done that, Dad. All <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, he's looking for the next big thing. Yeah.
0: Alright. <laughs> well dude um
1: all right buddy i'm gonna keep talking to Tao. okay
0: thanks for telling me about thanks this for show. coming on man yeah he close the door behind you thanks buddy dude he's, he's huge that's like you that's your spawn just walking around <laughs> that little, is. little dave walking around
1: it is yeah that's awesome dude there um i thought i knew what humiliation was until you take uh take that kid to a public restroom. <laughs> and uh I take him to go potty and he has he doesn't know how to whisper and he just narrates the whole experience at full volume. <laughs> <laughs> everything he sees, everything he smells, everything. <laughs> He's just like, Hey daddy! <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, we just we're just to be quiet in here, Keep okay, bud? Just gonna keep to
0: ourselves. We're not gonna make any noise. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. He's so funny, man. That kid is hilarious.
0: Kids, that's oh, one man. thing that's cool about kids. Um, they'll tell you what they're thinking, you know?
1: They do. They sure do. They'll call you out. What were you going to uh, say? A um, uh, big thank you to you for for exposing me to or uh, introducing me to Jason Isbell. Um, oh,
2: yeah.
1: Speaking got songwriting, that guy can write a song. I, I would love to just kind of study what he does and his method for, for songwriting.
0: Dude, Jason, if you told, if you, yeah, go ahead. I, I remember the first time I listened to him. Well, maybe. I want to know how you got exposed to him because you're not like a country guy. I mean, he's, so, he's very different
1: as far. And when you say country nowadays, you don't think of his style.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's he's interesting because he so he used to be in this band called the Drive By Truckers. Yeah, that are like not, they're not like mainstream popular, but they're kind of like outlaw country, like um,
1: yeah,
0: sort of like Wilco or something, where they're like alternative country. And then yeah, I
1: kind of listen to of some similar some
2: stuff too. He left into him.
0: He left th- that band, and then like he started doing the songwriting thing, and uh, I don't know exactly. I'm trying, I think someone showed me one of his songs, and then I remember one time I was mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. and "Elephant" by him came on,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I just like started crying like a baby while I was mowing the lawn, <laughs> and I just was like, "Wow!" Like it, it was. He just has such a powerful, um, like his lyricism is like maybe the best I've heard, and oh, I don't know, man. Like I would say. For sure, alive, I think he's like the best lyricist alive, I think, which is, I know that's like heavy, but like, I'm pretty sure, like if, I don't really count like Bob Dylan because Bob Dylan's basically dead, you know, he's like a walking corpse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> His time has come.
0: <laughs> but I don't know, I like, the. I see Jason Isbell as like, a. he's like the new Bob Dylan, like he's going to be, I think he'll be remembered as like one yeah. of the greatest of all time for sure.
1: Yeah, I think the pinnacle for me with him is "Speed Trap Town."
0: Dude, can, okay, we need to talk about that song. We're gonna take a second to talk about that song, okay? Because "Speed Trap Town" by Jason Isbell, um, and I, I want to hear your take on it. But like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: one thing that I feel like he, Jason Isbell, does super well with songwriting is like, if there say there's like two sides of the spectrum, like with pop songwriting,
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you're like, okay, I heard that song once, I know exactly what it's about. Like, it's about your genitals. Thank you. <laughs> and then, like, on the other end of the spectrum, there's, like, Sigur Rost or whatever, where it's like, okay, he's singing in Icelandic, and, like, the lyrics yeah. mean, I have no idea what he's saying, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I feel like, there, in my opinion, there's, like, a sweet spot where you hear it for the first time, and you kind of feel it. You're like, oh, like, I feel like he's really yeah. telling some, like, heavy truth, but yeah. I need to listen to it, like, 30 more times, mm-hmm. and then I'll get, like, the basic gist of what the song is about. And then on the 50th listen, I'll, like, really get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's what he does with his lyrics. In my
1: he does. He, he kind of just, he paints, it's like, he's, it's like he's painting. He's just, like, painting the picture for you, and he's, he's just sh- giving you the emotions of the song and, and the, the setting rather than spelling things out, you know? And so it does kind of require you to kind of... Uh, I don't know, but he, it's not like so abstract with him. It's, you know, you can, you can still tell what's going on, but just the way that he chooses to say things is incredible. Like if you told me, and I, I really want to dive into what you think this, that song is about and what you get from it. Cause I've kind of thought a lot about that song too. Cause, um, but, uh, if you told me to write a song about, I don't know, uh, you know, having to move around a lot as a kid or something like that. Like, I think one of his other songs is about Um, cool. um The things that I, I would, like, put pen to paper on and say, is just so different to, like, what he ends up saying about it. And I just love the way that he paints those pictures and he creates those emotions and creates those, like, vivid images in your mind with such, so little time and so little, like, I don't know, real estate on, on the paper. It's just, he's, he can instantly get you there with one line. it's like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I love that. Cause I, I, to- I agree with everything that you just said. I feel like the other thing that he does really well mm-hmm. in that song, particularly. And like, I want to hear your take on this, but there's the, so there's a verse in that song where he's like, um, talking about his, like his dad or someone's dad. Like, from the mm-hmm. perspective of, like, a son who, like, the dad is, like, on, is, like, in hospice, like, terminally ill. Mm-hmm. But, like, he also implies that his dad, like, cheated on his mom. Yeah. And so, like, he talks about, like, um, he was, like, he was a tough state trooper until a decade back when that girl that wasn't mama caused this heart attack. Yeah. And then he talks about, like, how, like, he, he didn't care about us. When he was doing all these things to hurt our family. Yeah. But now we're like taking care of him. We're like mourning his loss. And he, he doesn't like tell you yeah. how he feels, but he like illustrates like the complexity of like relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's like, hey, like we're mourning this person and like he's our family, but he also did this terrible thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he's holding us all back. And like yeah. I feel conflicted about that. And like,
2: yeah.
0: Oh, so good, dude. So good. Yeah yeah for me that song
1: is like about choosing when to move on and when you need to stay behind you know um you know as far as the storyline of the song goes as far as what i interpret it to be like so it starts out and he's you know in his hometown he's a little older he's not like a kid anymore um and, you know, everyone he runs into, he's, they're, they're giving him their sympathies because they think the father's in bad shape at the hospital. And, um, and so he just kind of starts to realize, like, there's nothing here for me anymore. Um, but am I, like, obligated to stay? I don't know. And then you don't really know what the, you know, problem is or what, what's making him want to leave. But then the next verse comes in and you, he explains that, like, yeah, his father's in the hospital. And, um, you know, he's been in the ICU for a while. He's probably not gonna get any better. And so he's basically essentially just waiting for him to die. Um, but yeah, then he talks about how, you know, his his father wasn't faithful and hurt his mom. You never really know what, what the story is with his mom in the story in the song, but, um, and yeah, so he's just uh, debating if he should should you know, it's like, should I even wait for him to die or should I just get on with my life right now? Um, and uh, ultimately, like the last verse, uh, what is it? The, the road got blurry when the sun came up, uh, shared a cup of coffee with, or no, what was it? I slept another, like... slept another hour in the pickup truck, shared a cup of coffee with an Indian man a thousand miles away from that speed truck town. So it's like he, could, he ended up leaving.
0: Yeah, um, dude, it's actually extremely interesting that this that, that song gets brought up on this podcast because, like, that song for me has a lot of significance when it comes to like the band Grey Glass as an yeah. entity, because um, I made a lot of mistakes in that band. So this isn't me like I'm not pointing any fingers. I really am not, uh, mm-hmm. and I was the one who ended it, and not not the best of ways. But anyways, I remember my mom was in town this would have been 2018, like my mom was in town visiting and we're all like going to go out to dinner or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I like had a band meeting, which I hope that doesn't <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Tr- trigger warning, there was a band meeting. Um, and like leaving that band meeting, basically like someone in the band had, had said like, hey, like I, I need to be done. Like you guys need to replace me. Mm -hmm. and I was like had replaced so many people you know in the group and it was like super hard and we kind of had finally come together as this cohesive like four piece band Mm -hmm. and it was like in my opinion it was like this was like the group of dudes who like we're gonna hit it because like we had it we had it I think
1: yeah yeah no you guys I definitely was digging what you guys were putting out with that group
0: and I, I remember I like came back to where my mom was staying and Dallin my little brother was there and, um, my mom was like, you know, like the best, she's the best. She was
4: just like, Oh, hey, how, how's the band meeting, honey? Like, how are
0: you? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember like literally bursting into tears, like mm-hmm. ugly cry in front of like my nieces and my mom. And it was like so embarrassing, but I feel like it was like, cause on that drive home, I kind of realized I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know? Like, I was like, I can't, I got to move on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think we all needed to move on. You know, it wasn't just like my journey. It was like the rest of the dudes, but it was intense and I feel like every time I listen to that song, I feel like it's kind of in in that context of like Mm -hmm. my relationship with the band. Cause it's such a, yeah, it's like, how do you know when you're supposed to, you know, like cut your losses or when you're supposed to like dig in and like stick with something. Um, and some scenarios, I think for me, I'm like committed no matter what I'm like, I want to stay. But it's like with, with music and with like your band, it's like, That line is like a little bit blurry, you know. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) anyway, for those listening, like you've got to check out Jason Isbell. He's like,
2: yeah.
0: He wrote the song "Cover Me Up," which, which is there's like a mainstream country version of that song that got like really huge.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like that one yeah. dude who like said the n word,
1: yeah, yeah, and he is super ticked about it too. He does not like that. I mean, I think he was fine originally with that guy covering his song, it was like, yeah, whatever, it's 10 years old now or whatever. But then he ended up being the guy that like said the n word in this video. And so, Jason is goals I mean, as far, especially as far as country music goes, he's pretty, uh, yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> he's like very, he's very liberal dude, yeah. yeah he like, I, I follow him on Twitter and like. You know, like people's politics are their politics, but he's definitely very, uh, yeah, very far left as far as like that scene goes. And I think Uh he feels, from what I've gathered, is like he feels very, he he did not have a lot of support from the mainstream country community while he was like on the rise. Yeah. Yeah. And then he wrote a lot of the music for like A Star is Born and like, oh, really? Yeah. Like a lot of his music has, he's like ghost written a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think he kind of feels like betrayed by that community. So I think that was like the nail in the coffin for him was when like this Morgan Wallen dude like uses one of his songs, it blows up, and then like turns out he's like super racist, which is like (laughs) the worst, you know? So so sad. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I uh, I'd love to see him live too because Jason Isbell also rips on the guitar, like amazing lead guitar player.
2: Yeah, he is. He's got some chops for sure. Super
1: good. I would love. Yeah, I'd love to see him live. I'm not too far from Nashville here in Columbus,
2: so.
0: I yeah, I down. I don't know if, I don't know, like, I've watched a bunch of his, um, the live videos that are, like, on YouTube of him and his band playing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Yeah, he he has another guitar player that plays with him who's super good. They do, like, a lot of, like, Allman Brothers covers. So, like, there's a lot of, like, mm. traditional, like, very, like, calcified rock and roll influence in his music. Mm -hmm. even though he has like that country spin on it i feel like he doesn't really i feel like the in my opinion the bones of his music are not really like country based
2: Mm -hmm. yeah but
0: who cares right like country's great i love like johnny cash i love like a lot of country music i like i know that that's like a dirty thing to say sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah as long as there's like actual artistry behind it it's great you know Uh, yeah i mean and you you could say that about
1: any genre like there's there's mindless you know, overproduced the just marketable garbage out there um, in any genre and in country, certainly no exception. But when there's real like songwriters and musicians getting together, creating country music, it's it's one of my favorite music forms because I think it lends itself really well to that type of storytelling. Um,
0: it, it does for sure. And I feel like um as I've my songwriting personally, mm-hmm. you know, not that it's on Jason Isbell's level at all. But it's like, I've tried to over the last few years get back into like really writing better lyrics. Like, I, for a while, I was like, okay, I gotta learn how to like arrange a song. I learn how to like play a guitar solo, you know, and like, I kind of like, for a little while, wasn't putting as much effort into the lyrics. And then I feel like I started listening to him and I was like, shoot, like, that was another moment where I was like, I need to go back home and I need to like write, mm-hmm. write, write. And like, mm-hmm. the lyrics need to be like, they gotta be freaking good. Cause, yeah. I don't know. He's just inspiring in that way.
2: Yeah.
1: I think I, I listened to an interview of his um, and they were talking about his approach to songwriting and I, I'll i misquote him for sure, but um, he said something to the effect of like his goal is that he wants his listeners to forget that they're listening to a song when they're and they just—he just wants to like, transport them into that place.
0: Spoiler alert: goal achieved, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
1: hey, check. you know, you did it. <laughs> I was down in Alabama about fifteen <laughs> minutes
2: ago. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, um, but yeah, just a uh, terrible musician. Ugh,
0: he's so good. Um, well, dude, I—I I don't want to take like too much more of your time. I know that you're you're a busy man you're a renaissance man you uh you do a lot but i don't know i hope that i guess this has been a really fun conversation i hope that you don't feel any like speaking of public apologies i hope i don't know i'm i have a horrible memory but i'm sure that there are some things that i said or did while i was in the band that were not the funnest things to hear or do and i don't know i'm stoked that we're still friends and that we're doing our thing because be, like that was I don't know like had I not met you and Carly I would not have had like a place to practice I wouldn't have known what a tube amp was like I knew nothing you know like I was such like a noob and so I feel like I feel like indebted to you guys forever for like letting me use your space for like putting up with me when I was like 21 and super annoying uh, I don't know like it was it was really important and like special to me so I hope you guys know that because. um that's what I think about it. I don't think of back and think like, man, had Dave not gone to dental school? Like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I really don't. So I just think of it as like, it was such a fun time and mm-hmm. got me through a lot. Just like having that project to like focus on, I feel like got me through a lot, you know?
1: Well, no apologies so. needed. You were, you were always great to be around and we,
0: I'm just, I feel lucky to have
1: been on the ride for a bit there. So it's, it's a lot of good memories for us and been, uh, cheering you on ever since it's been fun to see what you've done
0: thanks man well um good stuff. I, if i feel like if people have listened this far they deserve to know that we do have a new song coming out from the band yes so we're not we were thinking about maybe doing like a listen a reveal or whatever like a soft reveal on the podcast oh, yeah. whatever so, but um, it? um so all of the uh Telecast premium subscribers.
1: Um okay. you can can catch it on the uh the Sister Secret Podcast released uh tonight at uh, seven thirty.
0: It's uh it's on it's on behind the paywall on Patreon, you know, have right. to listen to the new track, but oh <laughs> well, yeah, I uh i you gotta monetize
1: tell, you gotta monetize
0: I really do actually. <laughs> but um yeah. yeah, we're not like we're not none of us live I guess like they still live in Utah but i'm in new york so we're not like in the same place it was like a postal service recording yeah but um who knows you know maybe we'll play a show again i don't know but they're like all those dudes are killing it like Mm -hmm. scotty and eli were just at south by southwest with brother who's like such a good band and
2: yeah
0: casey's like everyone's lead guitar player now because he's freaking (sighs) so good and like i don't know who knows but it'll be fun to maybe surprise some people by releasing a new song after five years or whatever. Yeah. Man. I
1: love it. It's, uh, you know, definitely something to, for the listeners to look forward to. It's a great song. I, I paid
0: know. him. I paid him to say that.
1: No, it's, uh, <laughs> seriously, seriously good.
0: Uh, right off the bat. It's just like, okay,
1: yep, here we go. Well, yeah. It's great.
0: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a fun one. I'm glad that we got it recorded. And, um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah dude, was well, there anything you want to plug Dave? David, David budge while you're like, you know, while you're still here, Uh, let's see link to one of your dad's conference talks or like, (laughs) (laughs) um,
1: yeah. Um, let's see. I will plug my, uh, my favorite Amazon purchase of late.
0: Yes. Let's hear it. Um,
1: it's an under the sink, uh, water filter. Um, You know, there's nothing worse than waiting 30 seconds to have your water filled up by a fridge because the stream is so little Um, and you have to pay to replace those fridge filters so often. And so I went on Amazon and for $99, uh, I, I purchased a under the sink water filter. And now the cold water supply in my kitchen sink is filtered water and it tastes delicious. So I'll go ahead and plug that for the for the masses um if i could get you a brand name i, I would but um i don't know it you know the, the general concept is a great idea and i love it
0: well i i didn't see that coming <laughs> i'm happy that you told me i really am that's awesome yeah, dude. if i was living in new york i'd
1: certainly certainly purchase one immediately
0: that's a good idea because yeah I ne- in two hours i never know what what is coming out of the pipes here you know you yeah, just never really I know, know.
1: What, what kind of microbes are, are grown in those pipes man
0: yeah plus i've like, seen the dark night and like there could be crazy psychedelic poison being put in the water you never know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like gotham out here i'll also plug the
1: the um profession of dental anesthesia um okay if you don't like getting your dental work done just get knocked out man there's professionals that spent three extra years after dental school to learn how to do anesthesia safely in a dental setting. Um,
0: are you using so, that on yourself? Be honest. Are you recreationally using laughing gas? David? I'm
1: not, I'm not recreationally using it on myself. I only use drugs on other people cool. um, and, and their children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never, never personally used fentanyl, um, but I've I've put fentanyl in other other people many times.
0: Okay. Um, Well, thanks for that. Thanks for your service to our community, David. It's good. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's what I hear. I hear. uh, I hear it's worth dying for. Sometimes, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have an anesthesiologist, you're good. You get into trouble when you start using it on the streets.
0: Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So we're not plugging recreational fentanyl. We're plugging no. We're plugging um corporatized,
1: Cor- yeah,
0: government-funded fentanyl, which is okay. We love it. And we love big, it, you know? Big Pharma fentanyl
1: is the way to go. That's, that's what I'm – okay.
0: Pharma. I'm going to use that as a tagline. Okay. I love okay. you, dude. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> tell tell Carly that I love her and tell your kids that uh, – Hey,
1: tell yourself, Carly, get in here.
0: Carly, get in here.
1: Carly. She just showed me – some. she's saying, no, no. You're not even going to be on a video. You just need to say hi. It's,
0: it's just true. the audio. <laughs> It's just the audio, Carly. I love you. I How are you? Hold on, I'm going to yeah. d- unplug my...
2: you want a donut? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I do want a donut, but uh, it might take a while to ship them out here. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. You donuts see.
2: for
4: uh, the kiddos, and then I have some donut. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's Thank
4: awesome.
0: You, I'm good. How are you? It's good to see you.
4: Good to see you, too. It's been, yeah. been a long time. We're super pumped about your engagement.
0: Thank you. Well, we didn't even yeah. talk about that yet. We have like a whole another three episodes to talk. So I know. I mean, I got a lot to say about my girl. She's freaking dope. So
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I didn't ever think I'd get this far. So you know, here we are, it's just surprising ourselves out here. Yeah. Man. But,
4: uh, so great. Are you still lovely. in New York City?
0: Yep, I'm in my apartment in Manhattan right now. Just uh, vibing, amazing.
4: Vibing, I love mm-hmm. it. Well. We did the New York city life once and it was tough. So
2: good job.
0: Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not for everyone, you know, maybe not for me forever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'm surviving. So it's, it's all good.
4: Your fiance, she, um, she's a violinist. Is she um, doing her bachelor's right now?
0: Yeah. So she, she graduates from Juilliard in May.
4: Oh, that's wonderful. That's yeah, awesome. she's
0: She's amazing. She, uh,
4: She's does like she
0: really- the antithesis of me. She's like she has like perfect pitch, and uh, I like tuned. I tuned my guitar to her the other day. I was like tuning <laughs> my guitar, and I was like, "Oh, I need tuner." And then I was like, "Wait, like, can you tell At me?" Her. She's like, she was like, "This E is flat." So I just like tuned my whole guitar to her, and I was like, "This is amazing," you know.
4: <laughs> oh, that's yeah,
0: she's great. she's awesome. Uh, she's the coolest. So I want you guys to meet her eventually. Does
4: she want to yeah. stay in New York City?
0: Uh, I don't think she does. Me? I think she wants to go somewhere where. Um, that's not
2: so difficult
0: (laughs) yeah that's like a little bit less uh you know like you're not gonna see like a hobo like shooting up heroin in mcdonald's you know what i mean which like i guess i guess she has a point no i I think we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna leave we're we're definitely not gonna be here forever for sure
4: yeah yeah Um, it's great for um music life though
0: yeah i mean it's good for music life i think um I mean, it's been good for me. Like, I love it here. I feel like I've grown a lot as a person here, and uh, yeah. seen a lot of stuff that I'll never unsee. You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is so true.
0: Yeah. Well, keep us posted, man.
1: We'll do. We'll do. Good come um, to for to you. By the way, Congratulations. I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I wrote a little uh, note to your mother-in-law. Oh, really? what did you say? That.
0: I just I just talked to you up for a little bit, dude. She's like so good at wedding planning; it's crazy. Like she needs to open up. She op- she needs to open up her own like wedding yeah. planning. Like she's like so on top of it. I'm so lucky
2: because
0: I'm very disorganized. So she's like I'm lucky to have her uh, planning the wedding because she's like very very on top of it. Very good at email. Very good at uh yeah.
1: I listened to her episode. She seems like a very organized person.
0: Yeah, she's awesome. She's very cool. She's very um. She's gonna. I think her and McCall, my fiance, are gonna help me learn to uh, like make my bed and stuff. No, baby steps, you know.
2: (laughs) Make my bed and stuff. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh, that's
0: awesome.
1: Well, it's good to have someone to keep you in mind. That's for sure. right.
0: Evan knows I need it, so. But it's good to see you guys. I gotta run, but love you, and uh, I'll uh, let you know when this podcast airs, and uh, you guys are gonna be famous. So enjoy it. Okay.
3: Oh yes. Love That's you, famous.
0: man. Uh, yeah. Sorry for the dip in your ratings after that happens. No, it's okay. You know, we all need a good controversy. So it's, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. All right. You guys. <laughs> okay. See you, buddy.
4: Have a good Bye.
0: day, Tao. Bye.